Hi, this is uh, podcast number 54 and a half. This is a piece that didn't make it into the book, but I love it so much I'm going to uh, speak it here. And This begins with a quote from Robert Valser, prose piece, possibly January 1929, translated by Christopher Middleton and quoted here from A Little Ramble in the spirit of Robert Valser, inspired by a series of exhibitions at the Donald Young Gallery. That's a long way of saying Robert Valser was a very interesting character from the early 20th century and was uh, brought back around to be appreciated more recently, which is where I discovered him. It's called Between Snowflakes and Leaves. Between snowflakes and leaves, there are resemblances. At the sight of snow falling, one thinks that one is seeing small flowers that are falling from the sky. Birds' feathers, leaves on a tree, the delicate, feathery, fingery snowfall in winter. One rightly tells oneself that they are related. Does the leaf know how beautiful it is? Do the snowflakes smile, and do flowers charm themselves, and do curls know their curliness? The shapes of waves and branches are snaky, and times do come when one knows that one is no more and no less than waves and snowflakes, or as it certainly longs now and then for release from its uncommonly graceful confines, the leaf. And later from the same piece, he says, We don't need to see anything out of the ordinary. We already see so much. So psychology today has defined mindfulness as a state of active, open attention on the present. Now, this sounds simple enough. Putting our attention on being attentive to the present moment. And by doing so, changing our experience of life. Now, if it's so simple, why can it feel so challenging? Why do we not see things the way uh, Mr. Valser does, just naturally? Well, much of it has to do with habit. We have the habit of shutting down to the world around us as well as to our world within. Why? Because it can be so uncomfortable. In our industrialized world, it may feel at times that the only way to find peace at all is to shut out the barrage of crowds and noise and traffic, advertising vying for our attention, and if we can't shut it out, then to deaden ourselves to it with food, drink, gossip, sex, social media, obsessive thinking, excessive working out, or any of the hundred other things that can keep our mind occupied and our feelings at bay. And when we have lived this way for years, spending hour after hour and day after day avoiding the way it feels to be alive and present, not only have we forgotten how to do it, but even the very idea of getting present can feel overwhelming. So we end up in our thinking. We end up relating to our thoughts about the world rather than to the world itself. Relating to our thoughts about each other rather than being in relationship with each other. 
And with our thoughts, there is no reciprocation. I give energy to my thinking, but my thinking gives nothing in return but more thinking. I end up feeling depleted. I end up with even less energy to bring to my life, which in turn keeps me even less related to you and to the world, and then more related to my thinking, and on and on, falling further each day away from my world, away from you, and wondering why I feel so empty. If, however, I open myself to the world, to nature, nature responds in kind. Nature is alive and waiting for me to notice it. And when I do notice it, it reciprocates. It gives me attention in return. Life flows between the world outside and the world within, uplifting both, which in turn increases the flow of life between us, etc. And by nature, we don't mean just that which exists in the quiet forests and deserts and farmlands. Nature is everywhere life is. Crossing Fifth Avenue, ordering a sandwich at the deli, stuck on the 101 freeway. And life is everywhere I am, and everywhere you are. Another word for nature is consciousness. The Veda says that the world and everything in it is consciousness itself, and that consciousness wants nothing more than to know itself and to love itself fully. I am this consciousness, as are you, as is everything. It's our nature to live out this prime directive of consciousness, this giving of ourselves to the world and to each other. Some people, like the visionary Robert Walser quoted above, are born perhaps without the same filters we have, and so cannot help but be present to the world, rather than to the thoughts about the world. And so Mr. Walser finds himself joyfully living fully in this reciprocal universe. We can make the choice to be present ourselves. We can begin now, in this moment. And one day we too may be able to say something like, and times do come when one knows that one is no more and no less than waves and snowflakes. Today I will choose to be present to my world, I will use my cell phone for good rather than as a way to avoid. I will set a reminder on my cell phone for each hour to tell me to come to my senses, to take in my surroundings, to feel the flow of life within me and through me and around me, and to notice the flow of life from me to you and from you to me. Thanks for listening. Have a beautiful day. Thanks for listening to Embracing Bliss. I started this podcast and the book it's based on to offer a daily reminder to myself as well as to you that we have the freedom to choose happiness. And if ever we needed happiness and freedom to choose in this world, now would be that time. So please do share it with someone you love, send it to a friend, and also please stay in touch. 
links for Instagram, uh, the book Embracing Bliss, and to sign up for my newsletter can all be found in the show notes. Until next time, have a great day.